0: Do you want to improve your credit score? Ever thought about doing credit repair? In this episode, Rod Griffith of Experian dispels the myths and shares the truth about credit, credit scores, and credit repair companies. Welcome to the Financial Fornicating with Madam Money and Friends podcast, where fun financial tips are shared for sexier and healthier relationships with your money and credit. I am your host, Tara Jackson, a.k.a. Madam Money. And I did this interview several months ago with Rod Griffith of Experian. He is the educational um, expert Of all things credit at Experian and he shared some awesome tips and I thought I'd share this for the second episode of season two because there's so many credit repair companies that are coming out so many people that want to improve their credit whether they have colorful credit or whether they have really good credit and they just want to increase their credit by a few points or a few couple hundred points but Rod is the expert so I wanted to share this episode that he did for one of my master classes so again you get it for free you're welcome. Enjoy and take lots of notes. Class is in session. Welcome to the show to the party. We are talking about credit. Credit is very important, and because of that, I had to bring on one of my favorite, famous people, Mr. Rod Griffith, from experience, so you can hear from the experts themselves. Rod, thank you for joining me today.
1: Oh, Tara, thank you so much for having me. It's always fun to be here.
0: You know, and you are one of, like I said, you're one of my favorite people, but tell the world how awesome you are.
1: (laughs) Well, I don't know about that. I just love what I do and and share the same passion you do. I'm Director of Consumer Education and Awareness for Experian, which people know is one of the largest credit reporting companies in the country. And my job is to help people understand who we are and what we do and how they can be empowered by using that, that credit report. It shouldn't be a mystery to them. It should be a tool they have that they can walk into a lender know exactly what they're gonna see and know that they can get the credit they need when they need it and get access to quality credit, not high interest, predatory kinds of things, but lower interest, low fees, uh, and that's what I love about what I get to do. I get to help people understand how to be empowered.
0: That's wonderful, and I love the work that you do. You do a lot of um, videos, especially on on Twitter um, and some other channels as well, as well as the, the, the Twitter chat credit chat yeah. that I participate in several times and I just love it. And it's really to help educate consumers about their credit. Yeah. Those that want to know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it really is. And that's, you know, I have the the great pleasure of doing a, a live Periscope twice a week. And that's what we do is we answer questions from people. And I find that, that dialogue to be the most powerful thing we can do because we're answering people's questions and I'm not doing, uh, and, what I call death by PowerPoint. Um, <laughs> but anybody in the corporate world knows how to do. Um, but if you can answer the real questions from real people, it's so much more powerful.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I love questions. So, because you love questions like I love questions, we're going to get into a series of questions for you for this class. Okay. okay. Uh, we know that credit is very important. It's very, very important to obtain credit. But, you know, we have other people that look at our credit too. We have people, you know, utility companies. Insurance companies, um, rent, you know all of those landlords, everybody kind of looks at your credit, but there seems to be a misnomer of what is on the credit report and what is not on the credit report. Can you share a little bit about what is and what is not on the credit report?
1: yeah, sure, and the easiest way to think about what 's in a credit report is that anything in in that report will be related to your debts, so if it 's not debt related it 's not part of the report uh, you 're going to see. Um, you're identifying information, so start there. We need to know who you are. There are about 220 million people with credit reports, and you're not the only one with your name. There's, there are, I'm sure, other Tara Jacksons out there. I know there are other Rod Griffins. Uh, so we need to know who you are and be able to match that information accurately. So your name, address, social security number, date of birth, and so on, is part of that report. The heart of any credit report will be the account information. What kinds of accounts do you have? Do you have credit cards, what we call revolving accounts? Do you have installment loans? Do you have mortgage loans? Do you have car loans? And it's gonna show your principal amount on an installment loan. It will show your credit limit on a credit card. It will show your balances that are remaining. Most importantly, it's gonna show whether or not you're paying those bills on time or if you're late. And if you are paying on time, that's great. If you are late, that's going to be really bad for your credit scores. It's going to hurt your ability to get credit. So that's the the most important piece of information. You'll also see a record of who's looked at your credit reports, what we call inquiries. So if you apply for credit, lender's going to see what we call a hard inquiry, meaning there's potentially a new account that doesn't show yet on your credit report and that someone's looked at that report. That can hurt your scores a little bit, usually just for a short time, a couple of months, and then there will be a new account and that becomes the big issue as related, uh, rather than that inquiry. But you'll see those. You'll also see what we call soft inquiries. So if you get pre-approved offers, I always tell people be proud if you get pre-approved offers, that means they want you to be a customer. You can say no, and that and no is the most powerful word in credit, uh, and especially in debt. But pre-approved credit offers, you may see lots of those reviews by existing lenders, getting your own credit report. Those don't hurt you in any way. They're just there to show who's looked at that report. Um, And then you'll see bankruptcy indicators. If you've declared bankruptcy, you'll see a a bankruptcy public record. That's the only public record now that's in credit reports. That's a a recent change. So we used to have things like civil judgments if you were sued and you lost. um, Years ago, we had parking tickets or library fines. None of those things are reports anymore. So uh, you see bankruptcies. That's about it. And when you get your personal report, you're going to see instructions to contact us to dispute that information. And that's- Wonderful,
0: wonderful. So that's really simple. So you have your identifying identifying information, which includes your name, date of birth, um, social security number, uh, addresses, uh, perhaps employers, Mm -hmm. phone numbers, um, but what's not identified on there is your sex, uh, your um, whether you're male, female, whether you're your, your ethnicity, that stuff is not reported on the credit report. Um, how many kids you have, if you have no kids, yeah. if you, whatever, that all of that is not on the credit report.
1: Correct. Yeah. It's just, you know, how do we make sure we have the right person? So we need that identifying information. There's nothing... Um, I mean, it's purely objective, is the whole goal, right? right. Uh, and the objective is to help lenders make risk based decisions
0: mm-hmm.
1: founded on data mm-hmm. that's objective, that's um, um, accurate, uh, and to, to be able to work with you uh, and to take out any biases or prejudices or things we know happen sadly. Um, that's what it's about.
0: Absolutely. And so once the identification information is there, then there's the account information. So anyone that you borrowed money from, um, you know, you have credit cards, installment loans, auto loans, um, mortgages, finance companies, all of those. And they're going to tell, you know, what your balance is, what your credit limits are, when the account was open, your performance, how you're paying on them. We're going to get into that in a minute but that's really the information that's on there, not your bank account information oh. like your checking or your savings account, that's another story, but this is just what's related to the loan or the credit that you've obtained right. from the creditor, right?
1: Correct, uh, and there's nothing about assets you might have, so there's nothing about a, a checking account, savings account, just as you said, 401k, um, you know, mutual funds, CDs, IRAs, none of those things are part of the report. What lenders are trying to determine and what a credit report helps them show is that you manage your debts well, regardless of your income or assets. Um, What I sometimes say is, you know, there there are people with very few assets who manage their credit very well. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of rich deadbeats out there. They have lots of cash or lots of assets, but they don't pay their credit on time.
0: Right, right. So... So the the next part is who I say who looks at your credit cookies, right? So the people that you allow that you give permission that you either asked for or you gave permission to look at your credit report. You see a list of those people Mm -hmm. that look at your credit report and the dates that they looked at your credit report.
1: Correct. Right. So and what we call inquiries, So you'll hear that term hard inquiries, soft inquiries. and lenders and other businesses have to meet a permissible purpose under federal law. So uh, you don't always have to give your permission directly, but pre-approved offers being the example. But if you are applying for a loan, uh, you, you typically do when you sign that application, it will say you're giving permission for us to check your report um,
0: yeah, when you're applying for a loan, also if you're opening up in an account, uh, a bank account, sometimes the financial institution may pull your credit report for qualifying purposes. Um, some credit unions do that as well, so you've relatively given them permission. Um, employers will ask to pull your credit report as well, but that's a different report. That's an employer that's report,
1: a, right. Yeah, exactly, and when an employer... the Employer purposes are the only time that you are the federal law actually says you must give express written permission on a separate form before they can get that credit report. And the report they get is a limited version. So any information that would violate Equal Employment Opportunity Act regulations, so if dates of birth, for example, aren't part of that report. We take out account numbers, things like that. So Uh, a limited version, and employers never get credit scores. That's a a very common myth. They never get a score, they just get the report.
0: All right, so we'll dispel that myth that your employer or employers, potential employers, do not see your credit score. They only see a limited um, information, uh, and that's usually they're looking for any possible embezzlement things or anything um, that may uh, may hinder you from having the ability to do the job. So, and which leads me to another question, um, well, not a question, but a statement. Uh, when I got into financial services, what I didn't realize is that there were different types of reports. Yeah. And so you have a consumer report, you have the financial institution report, you have, there used to be, I don't know if there still is, and uh, auto dealerships, they had a special report that they could pull. I don't know if that's still the case. Utility companies, do they have a different report?
1: Well, it's the same information. So it's just the format generally. Um, you know, so if you get your report from Experian as a consumer so you get annualcreditreport.com or you go to a monitoring service, uh, or you have declined and you request a report, you get all of the information we have in our credit report about you. Lenders get the same information minus the soft inquiries, for example, uh, employers get less even than that. Um, but it's formatted differently. And so that's, it's the same information. It's just the way it spits out of the machine basically it's designed for computer reading um you know that sort of thing so and they're with an auto dealer they may highlight the auto loans that you've had things like that right and review it but it's the same information yeah
0: awesome so that's great to know what is on the report and what is not on the report and thank you for dispelling some of those myths i know a lot of people thought that their uh, potential employer would see their credit score right. or whatever, but that's not the case, limited information. So speaking of credit scores, let's talk about that. Um, okay. I, I talk about this a lot, but sometimes it sounds better when it comes from the, prof- the experts, um, the anatomy of a credit score and what goes into calculating the credit score. And it's not that serious. It's not, not as complicated as maybe way, way back in the day but let's talk about the anatomy or the calculation of the credit score. Sure.
1: Yeah. And it's, and you're right. It's, it's, what I tell people is it's very complex from a, a technical perspective and a programming and mathematical perspective, but it's not very complicated from the position where you and I sit or as a consumer, you don't need to know a whole lot to make it work for you. Uh, so it's, it's um, you know, Another analogy of it's kind of like driving a car. You want to know how to get it to turn on and go where you want it to. Right. And so knowing that isn't that hard with a a credit score, it's pretty simple. You have to do two things to have good credit scores. You have to pay your bills on time every single time. So your payment history is the most important factor in every credit score. And you have to keep your credit card balances low. If you do those two things, what we call utilization rate with the credit card balances, Those are the two most important factors. So if you pay your bills on time, keep your credit card balances low, you're going to have good scores eventually if you don't already, uh, because everything else kind of builds on those two things. Uh, The rest is it looks at how long have you had a credit history. So the longer you've had a positive history, the more um, beneficial it's going to be to the score. What's your mix of credit? What kind of accounts do you have? Do you have installment loans and revolving accounts and mortgage loans? Over time, those build. You can't go out and, get all of those all at once and say, now I have it, um, but it just builds. And then what are you doing recently? Have you opened new accounts? Have you closed accounts? Have you brought things current? Have you fallen behind? Have you applied for new credit? So recent being the last three to six months or so. And then you know, what's your capacity overall? You know, what's, what uh, kinds of installment loan balances do you have? And you know, are you managing things well? So that's really it. Pay your bills on time, keep your balances low. There aren't any big secrets. Yeah. No yeah. Credit and
0: credit. you know, if you want to know the calculations, it's, you know, 30, 35% is based yep. on your, how you make, how you pay your pay, your payments or how you yep. pay your credit. So pay it on time. And the 30% is the utilization of your credit cards line of credit. Now, what is, I know a lot of people have a different number and I don't know if there's a specific yeah. percentage of the balances that you should have, but, do you, what is, is there a, you know, a specific, like keep it below 30%, 50%, yeah. whatever?
1: Yeah, so when we're talking about utilization rate um, and you hit two key points. You, payment history for most scores is somewhere between 35 and 40% of the score, give or take. And utilization rates can account for another 30% or so. So you're talking 60 to 70% of the score of those two factors. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to utilization in your credit cards, what, Vantage Score and FICO and others say, so they're two big scoring companies, they say that you should never have balances of more than 30% of your limits on any one card or in total. So 30% is kind of the high level, you don't want to exceed that, but the lower the better. Uh, so there's no perfect percentage, It's except maybe zero. And so if you pay your balances in full every month, that's ideal. Right.
0: You know? Yeah, I need people to understand that if you pay your balances in full, it does not hurt your score. It actually it's increases not. your score. It helps your score. So pay your balances on time. You, know, you can use your credit. Just pay it off. Yeah. Pay it off yeah. and pay it on time, and you can boost up your score rather quickly.
1: Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. People with the best scores tend to have utilization rates of less than 10%. Uh, and the lower they are, the better. So pay your bills in full each month. You don't have to carry a balance. and uh, But that is a myth that's been going around for a while now, is you should only pay 95% of your balance. From a credit reporting standpoint, scoring standpoint, doesn't help you at all. if You pay it in full. Uh, all that means is you're going to pay interest. It's going to cost you more money on
0: that. Exactly. Thing. Exactly. So those people that are telling you to carry a balance, they just want your interest that's really
1: what they want. So. Yeah, or they don't understand what that really does. Uh, you know, so they think there needs to be activity and showing something. But if you pay the balance in full, the balance that shows on your credit report is the balance on your billing statement in most cases. So even if you're paying it in full, it's going to show a balance. Right. So.
0: Yeah, it's going to show a balance, but it does show utilization. So there are codes that financial institutions use to show that there's utilization versus if it's a dormant account. So exactly. if there's no utilization. So whether the record report shows a balance or not, it's still going to show that it is an active account. So that is what's now if you don't use it at all. It has another code that shows that there's no activity. And so that's different, you know, so, okay, that's great. So let's talk about some of the things that can affect our credit score. We pretty much talked about it, but can we elaborate a little bit about what can say negatively affect our credit score? Other than of course, not paying our bills on time.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the big one. So, you know, if you miss a payment and you're more than 30 days late, it's going to really have an immediate effect. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there, but there are other things that go into scores as well that, that can, can, hurt them. Um, you know. It, again, maxing out your credit cards. Those are the two obvious ones. You don't want to apply for too much credit all at once. So you don't want to go out and apply for 20 different credit cards. Uh, you'll find that you know, that is seen as a sign of risk and can affect scores. Uh, you know, if you close an account, probably should not do that if you're planning to make a major credit purchase in the next three to six months or so. Because if you close a credit card, you lose the available limit, that affects your utilization rate. So that can be an issue, Uh, typically not a lot and not for too terribly long, but it it can hurt your score. So be cautious about closing accounts. Uh, Those are two kind of common ones that uh, you you need to be aware of.
0: And also if it's a bankruptcy, that can negatively affect your rate. You, you mentioned closing- Settling
1: accounts, negotiating yeah. debt settlement, you know, things like that. So if you don't fulfill the entire terms of the contract and you negotiate settlement, sometimes you hear the word consolidation. Uh, it's often refer- really referring to debt settlement. Uh, that will hurt your credit score significantly because you don't fulfill the terms of the contract. So
0: Awesome. And then, of course, oh, there was another thing I was going to say and I forgot, but yeah, pay your bills on time. That positively affects it. Um, uh, avoid you know even with collections ba- collections that may have been charged off or old, if you pay them off and they're reflecting as paid, doesn't that help your credit at some point?
1: Absolutely. now especially, uh, if you have collection accounts, obviously a very negative factor mm-hmm. uh, in credit scores. but the newest systems, new scores from FICO and Vantage Score, if you pay a collection account when it's updated to show paid in your credit report, the scores will exclude it from the score calculation. So you can help your scores right away and maybe significantly by, by paying off collection accounts.
0: Wow. And so those are the new laws where if you pay off a collection, it doesn't have an effect on the score anymore. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a new, it's the new, um, scoring models, what we call models, algorithms from FICO and Vantage score. So it's their new systems, uh, that are, are, um, treating collections differently. Same thing with medical collections. They're, they weigh a little less heavily. Mm-hmm. They don't get, they don't hurt the score anymore. So, um, yeah, some big changes there in scoring.
0: Oh, wonderful. Um, so a lot of people are in the new uh, network marketing business of credit repair, right? Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that. And not knocking them or whatever, but I always say that whatever you pay someone a fee to do, you can do it for free. So you can repair or correct your credit um, yourself. And I know that Experian has great resources um, to help people understand what's involved with their credit and how they can improve their credit and so forth. But what are your thoughts about credit repair companies? Do we need to pay credit repair companies um, I know that's a loaded question, but <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I you know I always say what uh, repeat what the Federal Trade Commission said, and they said you cannot pay anyone to remove accurate negative information from your credit report outside of the time frame specified in the law. So whatever you can, whatever you're paying them to do, you can do yourself for free. Uh, so you can dispute the information with us at Experian if you go to Experian.com/dispute. If you have a current personal report, you we went to annualcreditreport.com, for a lot of websites out, but if you have a current report, put in that report number, it will pop up on your screen and you just click, I need to dispute this and walk through the process. It's very simple. If you don't already have a report, we'll give you a free one. We'll just ask for some information and provide another, a free report in addition to the free annual report that you get. So now as you get a free report and it and as you walk through, we provide educational information around what the information in the report's about, what steps you're taking, what it means, how it works. We make it very simple and easy to do. So um,
0: that's awesome. Really simple, really fast. Yeah. So you again, you can do you can do whatever you know. A lot of things that credit repair companies do, they're very persistent with the financial institution. And what I think I need the people to understand is that they're not disputing it. They're not disputing um, Experian. They're disputing it with the financial institution. So the financial institution is bound under federal law to provide accurate information. And Experian reports what the financial institution or the creditor reports. And so they are going to communicate back to the creditor and say, hey, you need to respond and you need to either fix or report correct information or validate that the information is correct. And so the dispute is, although it's being disputed through Experian, the dispute is with the financial institution. Um, And Experian helps with that process to make sure the information is correct.
1: True, we act as an intermediary on behalf of the consumer. Uh, And we want that information to be correct as well. We want to make sure that the information in our reports is helping you get the credit you need and and helping the lenders connect. And they want the same thing. our goal is to connect people, not cause them to be declined. And I've had people say, well, you just want to work for the lender. And that's exactly not true uh, because if all we did was cause lenders to say, no, we wouldn't be a business. We want right. to help lenders say yes and want to help you get credit you need. So
0: right. And, yeah. and on the financial institution side, you know, my perspective mm-hmm. as financial institution side is that why would I want to pay for a report? that always gives me negative information because that's how I make money is through loans, loan interest income. So my goal is to approve as many people as possible, but I need objective information in order to do that. And so it wouldn't make sense for me to partner with a credit reporting agency that will not help me reach my financial goals. Right.
1: Right. and And help at the same time, make sure that you're managing risk and can price things accordingly and, I help make sure that people who have really great histories and will pay you pay lower rates than those who might not, uh, and which saves money for everybody um, because you're able to pass on those savings because you have fewer losses. It's really beneficial to everybody.
0: Exactly. And so what I try to tell people about their credit report and their credit score is that their credit report is their financial grade book, right? So when you're in school, you have a grade book of all of the assignments that you've completed and you either pass or fail the assignments. And at the end of the, the school quarter or the school year, you get a grade. And it's the average of all of the assignments that you've done. And that grade is your credit score. And so your credit score is your grade based on the information that the teacher received from the assignments that you give them. So if you performed very well on your assignments, you're going to have a great grade. If you performed very bad on the assignments, your grade is not going to be so great. So sometimes it's not just about the score. It's what's impacting to make the score what it is.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and that's the score and the scores, because there are actually lots of them just reflect the information in your credit report. So if you take care of your credit report, you'll have good credit scores. All right. It's really as simple. as simple as that. I say that it's easy to say that, but mm-hmm. um, you know, life kind of gets in the way. Sometimes we, we all know that, but yeah. it, you know, if you take care of the report, the scores are gonna be good.
0: Absolutely, and then you, you just mentioned that there are lots of scores, and I talked about this, there are several different scores. And what a lot of people don't realize is that the consumer score that they may receive um, when they can view it whether it's credit sesame or whatever they purchase their score is different than a score that a financial institution receives and there may be a point variance it's the same information but isn't there a point uh, some variances in the score
1: Um, yeah I mean they it depends on where you get the scores if you get a score from Experian you get a FICO 8 score so it's exactly the same score that lenders use or one of the scores that lenders use Mm -hmm. but it's depending on when you get that score you know, if you get your score this week and you go next week to apply for a loan and a lender, even if they use exactly the same score, the report may have changed, information's mm-hmm. older, so they likely will get a slightly different number. Mm-hmm. So never expect the numbers to match exactly, uh, but the, the scores reflect your level of risk. And if you have a good score that you get from us online, you'll likely almost certainly have a good score with the lender, right. even if the number's different. Um, you know, And if you're getting buying a car, for example, they use a different score. Uh, So auto lenders will use an auto specific score that has a scale with a FICO auto score that goes to 900. So you may have a higher score than 850. Um, You see the numbers may be different just because Mm -hmm. the scales are different. Uh, The other issue is there are three credit reporting companies, national credit reporting companies. The information we may have, we have at Experian may be a little different than what they have at our competitors. And so when a score is calculated, that number might be a little bit different. Right. Um, because of that, inform- because of the different reports that are used, the currency of the information, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, accounts that may appear in one not like the other. And that so brings, you, brings right.
0: you to a good point that, you know, you're, the credit reporting agencies do not report to the, each other. Right. They're yeah. separate companies, they're competitors, so they're not yeah. reporting to each other because I get a lot of my clients to say, well, I, this information is reporting on this rec- credit report, but it's not reporting on that credit report. Well, they don't communicate with each other. It's up to the financial institution. To determine who they're going to report to, they also have the right to choose which credit report they're going to use for decisioning purposes as well. And each of the credit, the three major credit reporting agencies, you all are competitors.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, we, it's uh, you know I would say we're, we're kind of like General Motors, Ford, and Chrysler. We all do basically the same, same thing. They mm-hmm. build cars. We do credit reports. But we all do it just a little bit differently, and so we compete as businesses. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So that is such great information to know about our credit. Um, What's in it, what's not in it, what affects it, how it's calculated. You're awesome. I told you, I told you, you're just awesome, man.
1: (laughs) Not good for my ego. you I
0: love you so much. So if they want to know more information about their credit report, learning how to read the credit report, disputing information, where can they get that information?
1: Yeah. So visit Experian.com and you can, Find our credit advice column, Ask Experian there, We answer consumer questions. And we have lots of other great information to search for, uh, uh, you know, how to read a credit report, what's in a report, all that information is out there. Uh, you can join us on our credit chats. You can learn more about those at Experian.com slash credit chat and join me on Tuesdays and Thursdays if you have questions and I'll do my best to answer them. Uh, we're on, uh, I'm on at 1:30 Central, 2:30 Eastern on credit chat on Periscope Tuesdays and Thursdays. Our credit chat's at 2 o'clock Central, 3 Eastern, and we have great guests that talk about all sorts of things, and and you help us with that, too, so we greatly appreciate that.
0: Well, thank you. It's always been my pleasure to participate, and you all have participated in my my, uh, Twitter chats as well, which is coming back out soon, but thank you, Rod, for being my credit expert for today. You rock.
1: Tara, thank you so much. You are fantastic.
0: (laughs) Thank you. And as I tell everyone, I love you. There's nothing you can do about it. And also remember, ignorance is not bliss. It's expensive as hell. I'll see you all the next time. Hey there, this is Tara Jackson, a.k.a. Madam Money. I just want to thank you so much for listening to the Financial Fornicating with Madam Money podcast. And one to give a special shout-out to our sponsors and supporters, Kimberly Sim- Singletary, Edeline Francois Dryden, and Candace Arnold. Your contributions are helping us to continue to uh, further the podcast uh, for people who really need it. And if you would like to be a sponsor or if you'd like to be a supporter today, just click on the support this podcast and you can make contributions as low as 80 cents, as low as a dollar a month. You can do whatever you want, but any contribution to support this podcast is greatly appreciated so we can continue to spread financial literacy across the world. Hey, I love you and there's nothing you can do about it. Thank you for your support.